johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. of Sports Insider Radio. It is the last day of May, the 31st of May. Unbelievable. 50% of the year is over as tomorrow is June 1st. Before you blink, we'll be back into NFL and college football. We know everybody gets ultimately the most excited about that, but we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of things going on. We got, we're very excited for football, but we're not going to overlook the profitable, as I like to claim, the most profitable sport of all sports unit wise is baseball. Mike, are you on with me, buddy? I'm here. I'm ready. I have all the data for you. I mean, look, we've been doing baseball. We didn't Oakland. really use the first. Oakland. Oakland. Why? Oakland. Oh, you're upset. Oakland. Sorry. Go ahead. Look, you could give uh, Look, we give away free nuggets on our different various uh, platforms where, like I told you before, I'm never going to play Oakland. doesn't matter. I don't care if they have a two-game winning streak. Doesn't matter because at the end of the year, I'd rather stay away from the volatile team. There's plenty of other dogs in the model that have been successful for us. 
I mean, right now we're running at 15 and a half units in underdogs in the plus, meaning if you're betting every game for 100, you're up 1,500. Obviously, we, we recommend because of the low volume that you play bigger. Same thing with the overs. It's only been a month. We're up two units. That may not sound like a lot, but I always tell my clients, and I preface this, the first month, month and a half, you're always going to have a lot more volatility because there's not enough pitching data. So even though it wasn't underperforming and it wasn't in the negative, it just wasn't producing the season-long returns like I've seen for the last five years. Now, the last couple weeks, it's hitting at a high rate. Why? Because there's more pitching data. There's more. You could definitely see a lot more trends with the bats. Um, you're able to find the relievers that are active for the day because now they have a lot of rotational data. And obviously with my model, I, I completely stay away from new pitchers. I stay away from, I stay away from anybody that is a reliever that's just doing filling duty for a couple innings. I mean, the model is strictly based off starting pitchers being horrible and the bats being hot. Now, obviously that's just two parameters of a lot that I track every single day and I put out, but overall, like I said, it's in the plus. The dogs are in the plus. A lot of people, I still get told when I get on the initial call with clients and they bet favorites and they can't believe that a 200 favorite loss. Um, I had a client the other day who was hesitant to treat it like a business, but then he put 10,000 on the Braves on Memorial Day. And he goes, I can't believe it. I said, did you do any research? Did you even, he said, no, I went blindly. Like I, I couldn't believe that they lost. And that's where most of these sports books are absolutely crushing casual betters because guys look at the board and they say, there's no way Atlanta is going to lose to this team. They're way better. They're on a roll. They're winning. The pitcher is hot and they lose because at the end of the year, when you look at all these pitchers, nobody's 20 and zero. There's losses in the mix, and then there's a lot of non-contests where the pitcher may even have a losing outing for the team, but he doesn't get it registered as a loss under his actual win-loss record. So a lot of that stuff you have to really dig deep and really educate yourself on. We know firsthand what we do for baseball is not finding market edges like the guys that we deal with for football and basketball has nothing to do with the price, has everything to do with finding value of an actual dog that could have an outcome of winning. Like last night, we had a losing night in underdogs. We had Kansas City, and we had that lost 2-1. to one. Again, they were plus 170. I'd rather be on the loss of plus 170, losing by a run, which it was very close. They could have easily won the game with, with bases stacked late in the game. Rather than be on the other side, which happens a lot, if you're betting favorites where you're taking that 170 hit, now you almost have to win two games as a favorite if you're constantly betting favorites just to actually break even. So losing a game plus 170, not stressed about it. We had a dog with the Yankees last night that we also had the total and the over on that game that both cashed. We also had the Marlins on the over that cashed, and the only game that didn't cash on the overs was the Phillies. So, again, 
I'm very excited. I'm gonna, hey, listen, I, I'm doing my shout-out. I got a new client. Uh, I wanted to okay. say hi to Brett in New York City, listening live from New York to Las Vegas. I send them the link. You know, a lot of these handy, as we were talking, you know, and that's one of the things we got to talk about is the difference between, you know, this is a perfect example of a, night, a guy who's trying to make a living wagering on sports. We'll use him as a as an example of the kind of calls we get on a daily basis a lot of he you know he said to me i went online i tracked this handicapper i tracked that handicapper i tracked this handicapper and all the records look good and then the first half of this year that handicapper that he tracked is down you know and i spent about 55 minutes on the phone with him yesterday mike talking about money management and he doesn't. He's not aware of you. Obviously, he's just listening to the show for the first time. What would you say the difference? Since you're, he's all familiar with the positive EV betting. What would you say the fundamental difference to you is uh, a Joe versus a pro, a quote unquote handicapper versus a professional better? I like to hear your perspective. Let the listeners. Listen. Well, I think uh, a professional handicapper uses. His intellect, his intellectual property of being in the game for a very long time or has a very good opinion. And some of these guys are pretty good. I'm not, I don't see, I'm the opposite. I don't take away from people that have. Oh, a niche I wasn't in the saying good or bad. I was saying different. I'm just saying that's my opinion. I just, I, re- I respect other people's opinions. I think there's many ways in this business where you could be successful. One of which is just having a really good opinion and doing your, having a process. So even like the pros that we deal with, they have a process. They're happy with their process. And the outcome is not always the end all to all every day. They're just happy that they're consistently sticking with the process of finding the right price, scalping the markets, getting the best value. And with handicappers, again, it's the same thing. They have a process that they go through, that they go through their checklist every day. They have certain stats that they hone in on that they believe are important to producing results, and they stick to it. And so any successful handicapper that actually is real, a real person that is not just forecasting win-loss records and claiming win-loss records, but actually is monitored, and has real results, those guys I respect because you can't hide from the losses. You can't just post something on an Instagram channel and say that I went 8-2 and two in the last 10 just based off his word. But guys that are monitored, I respect because I know that their actual data and their history is real. You know, it was interesting. I posted on one of the YouTube channels that I'm affiliated with, uh, you know, I posted a complimentary selection on Oakland yesterday, and somebody commented on the, you know, because the comments are open. He put, no thanks, I would never bet Oakland unless I was getting four. You know, I didn't respond back to the guy, but it goes to show that everybody's so hyper-focused and obsessed with how easy it should be betting against bad teams. And as I was explaining to this gentleman yesterday is that, Look, dogs win 50% of the time. Look, our good friend Cal in Kansas City, I mean, we can jump right into it early. He sent me all the data. You know, I don't take any personal responsibility for the for the info I get from Cal on a weekly basis. He sends it bright and early before he goes and plays pickleball. And, uh, I, oh, is he a pickleball numbers, player? 
Oh yeah, totally obsessed. Really? Didn't know that. You have to get on. You have to get on with them. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not taking on any new sports. I'm, I'm, I don't need it. So let me tell you. You ready for the stats? If you've bet every favorite as of last night, you're four seventy five and three fifty one. The favorites are winning fifty seven point five percent, which I told you it's always going to be sixty forty. Always fluctuate between fifty seven and sixty two percent. You risked one million three hundred thirty six and nine hundred nine hundred and thirty one million three one point three million six hundred and ninety three thousand with a total loss of sixty three thousand three hundred with which is a four point seven seven percent loss. So just wrap your head around it. You've won over a hundred more games. You've won four hundred and seventy-five games. You've lost three hundred and fifty-one games. You're up a hundred and twenty-four games. You are down sixty-three thousand. Underdogs are steadily getting closer to even. Last week underdogs were were down twenty-five K. Now they're down twenty thousand. Right now, if you flipped it, you're down one hundred and twenty-four games. You've risked eight hundred and twenty-six thousand, with a total loss of twenty thousand six hundred. So you're down two and a half percent on your money. The difference is in the overall risk to win a dime, to win a unit, to bet all those favorites, all those closing numbers. You're risking almost one point four million dollars versus by betting even money, one unit to win more. You're risking eight hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. That is a huge difference. Eight hundred and twenty-six thousand versus call it one point four million. So this is why I always say it's like climbing up a mountain, trying to win money betting favorites is just just it's just proven. And uh, like I said, at the end of the season, underdogs will be profitable. At the end of the season, Oakland will be profitable. At the end of the season, Kansas City will be profitable. And at the end of the season. All the teams that are in the top of the division fighting to be in the World Series will all be horrible for your bankroll. It is amazing, Mike. The number one team still is and shall remain the same team last year for your pocketbook. Baltimore Orioles by a long margin against all other teams. So since we are here in Baltimore, let's talk about what your take is on this particular team do you think they have a shot at the end of the year i mean money wise they just print money for betters uh base baltimore is 35 and 20 if you've bet every game you are up 1066 dollars and just to give you an example the closest team to them is not who you would think it's not um any of the teams with the great it's not tampa bay it's texas texas is up 960 dollars so that's it Orioles and Texas, top two teams to bet on in all of baseball. Um, what, what's your opinion on um, on Baltimore? Tampa Bay is number one in the AL East, but they're only up $500 for the season. Why is that? Because they have only been an underdog seven times, and you can't be profitable if you're never an underdog. No, you can't, and... As you see, the Tampa Bay has lost in recent times. Um, it's not going to be a season where you know they're going to win 140 games. And because they're such a good team, they're always going to be favorites most of the season. You're not now that you see them get off to such a hot start that was almost record breaking. 
the odds makers will never place them as a dog. I mean, it's, it's going to be very rare that you see that for the remainder of the season. So, you know, the, the value will not be on that team. The value is going to be on the teams that are getting dog value. And good teams are constantly dogs each day. Home field advantage in the MLB is not that powerful, unlike other sports. In football, yes, it creates an environment where you're getting teams that are making the stadium very, very loud, and it's hard for opposing teams to hear the snap count and and be able to play under pressure. Well, in baseball, it's not like that. You know, certain teams, due to the geographical location, you know, play in the mountains where the ball, um, you know, carries, like you're talking about with, with Colorado. Certain ballparks have a short left field. So if teams that are, that have bats that have constantly hitting the ball to left field, they have an advantage and they could, they don't have to be in their own home ballpark. So it's, there's so much more to baseball, especially as we get into the summer months where the, where the air clearly is going to be thinner. Um, the ball carries, I mean, I've said this analogy for many years now, as I've got into the sport that I play, which is golf. And I realized compared to the spring or winter, I hit the ball in the summer and the ball carries 10, 15 yards further. The air is thinner. So it's hotter out. And now you're going to start seeing that where teams, they get hot and they have hot bats. You know, the, the velocity of the ball leaving the ballpark is going to be quicker. So all these things play a bigger role in baseball than they do in any other sport where weather, I believe, in and what I track, which is biometric pressure, matters when you get into the summer months and it's, you know, the heat doesn't matter in terms of wearing these guys out. It's not like soccer where they have to have, you know, they have to have breaks where they have water breaks because of the heat exhaustion because they're running so much in baseball. You're not doing that much running except from, you know, base to base to base, or maybe a couple outfield, you know, runs to catch a ball, but you you really are, you know, you're not getting exhausted. The only person that could possibly be getting exhausted is a starting pitcher, which, again, if you have a really good starting pitcher, play the dog side because you will get value on that starting pitcher because he could have a good good outing and your team that's getting that huge dog price is, is getting a win for you. So, and again, you know, this isn't something new. We've been preaching it for years. I'm just glad that I'd say 100% honestly, of our clients. Don't question it. I know early in the season when we weren't hitting the dogs consistently, and then all of a sudden I had a client that uh, it was funny, I still remember this, it was it was Donald that sent me a message that said, I've never been so happy to play six games, go 500 and make money every night. He literally sent me that. And that's really that's what our program provides. You don't have to hit a lot of games. I mean, I mean, right now we're hitting at 43% and still producing. Um, you know, I had a client just now. It's funny. I had a client named Stavros. He's been a new client. He's already committed to the to the 10X club. You taking him to Greektown for some uh, for some good Spanish? He's, out, he's out of New Jersey. He goes, I'm listening in. You sound like a mad scientist is what he called me. I like that. I like that. The mad scientist. not local. Yeah, 
I got so, clients listening in, in the Milan, Italy right now. I got clients listening in Seoul, South Korea. I got clients listening in Tel Aviv. I got clients listening everywhere. They all think we're mad scientists. But, you know, regarding the numbers, I wanted to ask you a question. I, I get a lot of questions from clients that are like the gentleman, Brett, in New York City that I spoke to yesterday. They're all coming from this learn-how-to-fish concept of sitting in front of the screens, learn how to do it yourself, chase the steam, chase the lines, and, you know, I'm showing them the data. I said, this is a lot easier with a lot less aggravation. And I think there's this concept. I still go back. We talked about it a few weeks ago on the shows that there's really only a small segment of people that have the brain brain power. I don't even have the brain power to sit there in front of the screens and scrape screens all day long and not lose their mind. I mean, to me, it's just not worth it. The, the reward isn't even worth the, the time. Um, you know, I trade the financial markets, and I look at the open, and I look at the close, and I don't even mess around with it all day long. So, like, I try to trade sports the way I trade the financial markets. In and out, scout, get out, be done. And I think there's some type of uh, brain fog, lethargic nature, why a lot of clients, I explained to him, when, you, when you're looking at games and you're watching games and everybody says they love to watch games, well, what usually happens is they say, oh, they see the live odds come up on the screen now, and they oh, let me live bet this, maybe they'll come back. And you just find a way to hemorrhage money. So what's what's the added benefit of doing that rather than having somebody do it for you? Well, I think that there's a certain segment of psychology where people want to not only win, they want to give themselves the credit that they did it themselves, which I've never understood because I don't want to change the oil in my car. Uh, I don't even want to change the flat tire that I must change when I'm riding. Um, it was funny, you're talking about golf and your ball f- f- flying farther when it's cooler or hotter, and I'm thinking, man, none of that helps me. When you're on the bike, it's leg power and nothing more, nothing less. Hot, cold, in between, it doesn't matter. It's all about the legs moving. Yeah, but, but you that's know, a completely... We're, we're talking about your computer. Yes, of course. But in your, in that style of a race, the weather would matter in terms of are your legs going to tighten up because you don't have enough hydration because it's a hundred degrees out. So it's different. It's, this is an actual yeah, yeah, ball. I yeah. I mean, it's the ball carrying matters in baseball. Does it matter that it's a hundred degrees versus 30 degrees in football? No, it doesn't. I mean, should it matter scientifically? Yes, of course, but it doesn't. In basketball, same thing. There's no weather climate change when you're playing indoors. So all of that really doesn't play a role, and in in home field doesn't play a role in baseball. There's no home field advantage. Just because you go to, you know, Yankee Stadium, it's not tougher to play there because they sell out seats. It's not like it's too loud that you can't hit the ball. None of that matters. So it really comes down to the lineup that is set forth. Baseball is such a unique product where you're getting a different lineup, a different pitcher, a different relieving staff for the most part each and every day. Maybe the closer is consistent if it gets to him. But outside of that, you know, it changes. So how are you going to constantly 
play favorites when you know that you're constantly getting a different price on the team and a different team at that. So, well, exactly. And regarding home field for the people that are listening, there's only two teams in baseball currently at this point in the season where there's an advantage playing at home and a disadvantage playing on the road. And I'll I'll save you the time. Tampa Bay, if you've wagered on every game Tampa Bay has played at home, you're plus $865 for the season. If you've wagered on every game Tampa has played on the road, you are minus $289 for the season. If you have wagered on the Dodgers at home only, you are plus $477 for the season. If you have only weighed on the Dodgers, wagered on the Dodgers on the road, you are minus $145 for the season. The only two teams currently that have a home field advantage are the Dodgers and Tampa Bay. They win at home. They make zero money and have a loss and are red on the road. What's interesting is that most of the profitable teams have another thing in common, Mike, which is they all make money on the road. You can't be in the top groups of profitable teams if you don't make money on the road. The most profitable team on the road this season is the Baltimore Orioles. So check this out, Mike. If you've wagered on every Oriole game, at home, you're up $119. If you've wagered on every game of Baltimore on the road, you're up $947. So the home field advantage at Camden Yards, while it's fun to go down there, there's no home field advantage. It just doesn't matter. Um, if you look at Texas, Texas is only up $239 at home. They are plus $723 on the road. So the two top teams for your pocketbook, ironically, are basically running flatline at home, and all the value is when they're getting dog prices on the road. So home field advantage definitely does not matter in baseball at all. Now, let me ask you, before we were 30 minutes into our hour show, what is it, 151 and 0? No mm-hmm. team has come from behind 0-3 to win. They're yep. giving Denver no respect. As we've already discussed, Junior loves Miami. Um, so to win the whole thing, um, I think it's, I think the line's overinflated on the futures early on. It's like 400, minus 400 plus 280. Um, just from looking around at the various different legal sites. And I don't see any value in betting on Denver unless you had already bet them early in the season. And we know we know people that have already wagered on them, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm only talking about do you really think that Miami's just going to roll over like a dead dog and die after what they just accomplished? Yeah. I mean, they're, they were the eight seed, the first ever eight seed that's ever made it to the NBA Finals, the first playing game winner that's made it to the NBA Finals. Again, we have a very small sample size of that. It's only been happening um, for a couple years now. But they could have, they like they said, it was going to be history either way. It was going to be the first ever in 156 tries that never a team has come back from 0-3. So they could have been on the opposite side of history, but they're on the on the other side, which is getting in as the eight seed. 
Do I believe that they have a shot in the finals? No. I think they don't match up well. That's just my opinion. I also have a ticket on the Denver Nuggets to win well, the yeah, whole thing. Well, yeah, but the ticket is meaningless. Yeah, but that doesn't – the ticket has nothing to do with the reality of where no, you're at right my, now. that's just my opinion, and that's – I have a ticket on the other side. I don't think they match up well, and they don't have home field advantage. Not that it's mattered for them through the East Eastern run, but – at the end of the day, the, the Western Conference is better than the Eastern Conference. So even though Denver didn't finish with a better record, had Boston won as a two seed, they would have had two home field advantage versus Denver as a one. They just don't play the style competition like Denver. Denver should have been the champion for a few years now, but they've had nagging injuries to core players that have eluded them from having it. I mean, they lost in the bubble to the Lakers. The Lakers ended up winning it. Jamal Murray got hurt um, in the actual bubble tournament down in Disney. So that didn't give them enough firepower to beat the Lakers. Then, then obviously last year, Jamal Murray was out all year. They made it. They had a good regular season, again, lost in the playoffs. So I just don't see the size that could defend Jokic, which clearly should have been the MVP this year, but they were tired of giving it to him for two straight years, so they gave it to somebody else. And he's playing a little bit angrier. And as you could see, they swept they swept the Lakers in four games. So I just think they have a better team. They have a better coach. Uh, even though Spolstra, and I give him a lot of respect, he's very good. But at the end of the day, they have guys that are – producing that wouldn't even be all-stars. I'm looking at I'm looking at my account right now, one of the legal apps, and I'm looking at the exotic exact results, almost like correct score in soccer. So what do you what you think Denver's going to win? Give me the what you think for the listeners and I'll give you the odds. Uh you say you got 4-1, 4-0, uh 4-3 and 4-2. 4-2. Those are your options. I got 4-2. That's my guess. So 4-2 is the same as the actual whole series, the same exact odds, plus 400. Now, if you th- really thought they were going to roll and they were going to sweep, then, then believe it or not, it's crazy. You get them less, plus 380 on the sweep. But check this out. Let's say Miami sweeps does the unthinkable. What do you think the odds are of Miami sweeps? What's that? Uh, plus what do you- 2,000. 3500. Okay. 4 4 1 2000. 4 2 750. 4 3 going to a game 7 plus 950. I like that 4 3. I I still I'm I'm going to go I'm I'm you know I got to go with Junior. Junior's been putting me on the right side. He's my my backdoor handicapper, you know. You know, my my uh savant handicapper. So you know, in all seriousness, I just don't think that it goes back to underdog betting in baseball. When you finally get to this point, the whole A seed, main seed, nine seed, ten seed, to me that's all what I call uh it's all gambler's fallacy. It doesn't mean anything. You have to live in the real world that you're here and you're now and they're actually there. So the two best teams are there, how they got there doesn't matter. So not the two best two teams. Over- so that's again you're well, you're you're saying the team. What that made I'm telling it to the you is, from a, pu- a public percentage, the line opened up at eight and a half for tomorrow. It's already at nine. 
we know that there's a good possibility that Miami could actually sweep this team. No way. And never cover the and never. Well, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean. I'm sorry. We know there's a good possibility that Denver could sweep and actually be 0 and 4 on the point spread because they're overvalued. Oh, sure. There's 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 two things coming into play, which is the point spread itself is overvalued. The fact that they got bet up early, which we know is square public money, to nine could even be ten by tomorrow. Uh, it. It's amazing to me because you already know, just like with Miami being plus seven and a half in the last game, all the value from a point spread betting side of this series is going to be taking the underdogs. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you one bit. Um, you know, one of our sharps has been extremely profitable this entire NBA season, as well as the playoffs, and he found a lot of value with Miami. Um in the postseason throughout. And he actually was getting Denver at really good prices early on because, again, they weren't, they were short favorites even versus the Lakers when they were on the road. So, you know, do I see us playing a lot of these games in terms of putting out the selections? No. I don't, it's, it's such a small window that, you know, we're finding edges. Every handicapper, I'm sure, is going to have an opinion on, each side, which is understandable. I mean, I, I already saw it from um, from one of our big syndicate groups that are all handicappers. There was a heavy play already on one of the teams. So they're producing games because they have an opinion on it, and I respect that. But from a, an edge betting side, I don't see us producing many games basically with a max seven games left in the year. And you know, to us, it's not about just the game that's on TV. We're finding value across all the different networks. So whether it's soccer, whether it's NBA, whether it's baseball, it doesn't really matter to us. We're just looking at the best possible um, selections for each day. And if it's not going to be playing the NBA Finals, then we don't play it. We didn't have Game 7. And I had a lot of clients call me, how did you not have Miami Game 7? That was so easy. We just didn't have a play on the game. It's To us, it's... Am I a fan to an extent? And for me, I could speak for me, yes. I love watching NBA playoffs. It's much more entertaining than the regular season. But when it comes to betting it, I could lay off a game. It doesn't mean anything to me. If anything, I like watching the game in real time, seeing Miami go down early in the game, which didn't happen in Game 7, getting them at even better odds, because I did believe Miami was going to win the game, from a fan standpoint, and getting them on a really profitable, good value money line. So that's, again, that's the skill that goes into it where no matter what, each night you're available to trading the markets and you're not closed off. And if you have constant and you follow the process and you're getting good value, I mean, I love it realistically when watching college basketball games. I love when favorites are down early especially teams at home, no matter what. If I'm Again, there's much more to that than finding the right price, but seeing a team go down 10, 12 points in the NBA early or college basketball, and they're a favorite and you already had them winning the game outright, I'm putting more on that team getting even better value. So some of that stuff can't be given to you in terms of if you're a consulting client where you're getting all the releases on Telegram, 
because obviously we can't expect people to be by their phones in the masses um, available to us at all times. But if you're somebody that wants to learn, you know, how to fish, we do have that opportunity for you. There is a mentorship program that we offer. Um, I know it's not for most, even though some do join and are very successful at it. But, you know, I spent about 30 minutes vetting each client to make sure that they have the the opportunity and the time to put into it because most people want to do it. They just don't realize how much work it's going to be. So just now that we have about 20 minutes left in the show, I did want to do a breakdown because I've had a lot of questions regarding uh, the 10X program for football, which in the strategies that you actually will receive, um, something that we've been very excited about and that we're going to launch that's already been pre-sold So clients that wanted to join early for that introductory rate where it's going to cost them a lot less, it's already been out there for the last couple weeks. There is still some slots available So for guys that are still on the fence because it's baseball and they don't want to forecast the future. It's definitely going to save you a hell of a lot of money by joining now rather than coming in early in the season. So this is the strategies that most people will get. You're going to get all the overnight bets. So a lot of the bets that we make for football happen to be on Monday and Tuesday for the weekend. What's the reasoning behind it? The reasoning is we're getting the best price on Tuesday. I couldn't tell you how many times last year I got a total that was four or five points off in college football on Monday and Tuesday. Now, obviously, I couldn't get a lot of money down because the overnight prices, you can't get as much volume down and the handle's not as big come Saturday morning, but still I'm able to get a decent amount. I just have to sprinkle it around at a bunch of different books to get enough down that I want. So getting a four or five-point edge in a total is huge. I mean, it's not like that as much in the NFL because the totals don't change nearly as much. But with college football, I mean, I've had as much as seven-point advantage early in the week. So Again, most of our volume is bet midweek for the weekend, so we're tying up a good portion of a client's bankroll with volume. So that overnight betting, we didn't do nearly as much, and our sharp told us 100% he's going to be releasing it, all of his plays 30 minutes before he actually puts them in himself. So just understand that. It's like a person that knows the stock is going to go up, He's giving you access to the stock price that it's at the best possible value 30 minutes before it goes up. Which has nothing to do with whether the game actually wins or loses. That's a no, thing we of course people always don't but understand. This is just, right, exactly. Right. It's, it's simply getting the best possible price. And, I mean, same thing with crypto. The people that are heavy into the crypto game, if they knew that they are getting the lowest possible price for whatever reason, they got tipped off that if they buy now, within the next couple of days, the price is going to go up. Obviously, they're going to buy now knowing that they're getting the best value. With sports, it's, it's a very similar analogy. If you're getting the best price on a total hours before that the market is going to go up and then days before it goes up even more, you're going to get the best price. And no matter the outcome of the game, you know that you're in it and you close good, which for those that don't understand that, it means the opening price could be a total of over 54. You locked it in at 54. Come Saturday morning, when it, the game goes 
and it, it, it closes, meaning the game starts, it could be over 58. Well, now if you had over 54, you have a four-point gap. That is a huge amount of value when you're going into a game, which we all know we watch games, the ones that do watch them closely, it usually is within a half a point to a point a lot of times to the closing number. Somehow you always say, how did the odds makers get this one right, man? Another one came right down to the wire, and it was off by half a point. Well, if you have a four-point edge, if you have a lot of games with a four-point edge, you're going to win a lot more than you lose because you're getting the best price. So that then stems to understanding market conditions. Market conditions take time to digress, to understand, to be able to fully analyze them. We do the work for you. So if you have questions, we'll be able to guide you and explain to you why we chose what we chose and why we were doing what we were doing and, and give you some insight on that. But at the end of the day, you could still live your life as a client, have a full-time job, be a family man, have hobbies, play golf like I do, uh, be able to, to be present and still make a lot of money doing this, which you don't have to really do the screen reading yourself. Now, if you do want to actually understand how to read screens and find value and know what books to actually key on, we could show you that as well, and we could show you the platforms that we use how to read the screen. So getting all of that, seeing all our shops, I know you deal with a lot of different groups, John, that are giving you those max cash window tickets that are actually showing you what they're putting down at the window. All the clients will have access to those as well. So along with that, the last thing is bankroll money management, which you are a king of. You are the guy that teaches people how to use the Kelly Criterion Math. We're not going to go into that too much and explain what it is, but if you want to learn more, please call John. He's very excited to tell you. He's very excited to show you something that is above my head, but he loves talking about it. So that's the last thing that you'll get is actually showing you how to manage risk where you never have too much exposure. That was a lot. That was, that was a lot. That was a big mouthful. Is my daughter falling asleep at listening to you? She's actually, her eyes are closed, I think. No, she's not. She's supposed to be doing her, 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 her finals. She's here doing homework. So, you know, look, look, the reality is, 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 look, we have a lot of fun. Let's talk about Instagram for a second. You know, obviously my name is Eric Jonathan Pathy. Your name is Constantine, Constantine Mikael Safir. You got people imitating you on Instagram? Do you feel special? I always say that, man. Anybody that's trying to imitate you and... Can you imagine that somebody's like... That creating means we're doing something right. Now. For guys that are listening, if you go to Instagram now, he has a blue check mark. Because now we had to make sure we got you Smurfy Blue. What is it, was it 8 a month or 15 a month? 15 a month. And what did you have to download your driver's license? Download your driver's license. They have to verify your identity. It has to match up with the picture. has to match up with the name because they want to make sure because there's a lot of phony profiles out there that people try to imitate and recreate. And, and basically, it's, it's being thieves. All those people that try to imitate you and act like they are you and they have clients message them because they don't know any better, well, now that won't be an issue because 
don't message anybody without a blue check mark. That's that's the best advice I can give you. If somebody thinks if you think it's a different so profile, I'm to and up, moral profiles. of the story is they're going to get thirty dollars out of me and you a month because <laughs> I'm going to have to upload my. Uh... Well, we're really doing it for this. It's not for us. It's for the security of the clients. We want to make sure the clients that are messaging. Oh us yeah, yeah. I've had you know how many people have told right me account. I've sent this guy yeah. money. I thought it was your games and blah blah blah. You know. Mm-hmm. I was just surprised that somebody actually reached out this morning and said, uh, I don't understand. You have multiple Instagrams. And I would have never have known because I don't really, you know, dig deep into that. It's, I'm too busy to, to track if I have phony profiles out there. But I guess when you become famous and you have good name recognition and people want to be you, um, they try to imitate accounts and they try to, you know, piggyback off of what we do and, and try to do it the easy route. Well, Bad news for you phoners, for you guys out there that think that you could imitate us. You can't. And now, until you obtain a blue check mark, which you can't, you will uh, be outed. So that profile. David in Tampa Bay the says the coveted blue check mark. They are now charging for that. Yes, David, fifteen dollars a month, but that keeps people from DMing the wrong person and sending money to a fake guy who's actually representing themselves. So that's the value, you know. You don't want to think you're paying Dave or you think you're paying Micah or you think you're paying Mike or you think you're paying John or Eric and you're paying some guy in India in a call center who's just creating these fake, and that's the world of social media. And this is why I tell people with the YouTube channels that I do, I'm a real person, and that's the value is that, you know, people hear the watch the YouTube channel, they hear the voice, they listen to the radio, they hear the voice, and then when they get on the phone with me, they hear the voice. So, you know, unfortunately, it's a, it's a different world we live in, Mike, where... A lot of people are just phantoms of the night and just DMing people, and there's you don't really know who you're dealing with on the other end of the phone, and that's why the value of dealing with real people. You know, I wanted to take some time to discuss that because as the legalization of sports wagering has swept the land, obviously getting into the information business of selling information is uh, big business. It was always big business, but now it's like new people that are never have never. They're just looking at it as an opportunity, a way to take advantage of the sports betters. And you know, so you got to be careful who you're dealing with. So you know, make sure that the people you're dealing with are real people. They're verifiable. And uh, you know, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Now I got to download my license when I get off the phone. You'll you'll show me the walkthrough processes. Um, let's talk about the most important thing, Mike. Tomorrow's June 1st, and we get the kick countdown clock to June 10th, the big day, the marriage. How are you feeling about that, buddy? It's good. We had uh, our last dance lesson this morning before I came into the, into the studio. Um, it's pretty, pretty cool. We pieced it all together. Uh, it was actually, so it was, we had some, uh, an audience today because, uh, our dance teacher has a, and a, uh, a you know my senior, daughter's a ballet dancer. She can you can perform with a me. Senior, a senior women's uh, class that comes in there, and they were just watching us, and they put the song on, and he 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 introduced us, and and all that. So it's all about it's all put together. Um, I hope with my five dance lessons, I could um, replicate this foxtrot that we are working on with the promenade and the turns and the dips and the five and the five point turns and, and all these things that um, have been taught to me. So just like I'm teachable in golf and I'm teachable 
with finding market edges. I'm also teachable how to do the foxtrot. So as exciting as that is, I hope I can remember it. Uh, what is it now? Uh, Ten days from today. And and be able to and again it's just it's going to be great at the end of the day nobody's going to see if we have a little trip up or I miss the count or whatever it may be uh, it's it's going to be great I'm very excited it seems like everything is pieced together we have everything uh, basically finalized and really it's just uh, ready. David for, just uh, sent DJ. me a text in Tampa. He said he would like to see you do the. Dance from Fiddler on the Roof. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Like I said, you know, and this is the thing, like, you know, I tell people, you know, like, that's the other thing about, you know, having a life. You listen to a lot of these shows. There's no humanity. It's all sports, 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 sports. You know, look, I say and I, I will claim that the path of least resistance is letting the mechanic fix the car. You know, I just, I see more people, you know, the the gentleman in New York asked me yesterday, Brett, you know, do you see a lot of people blow through 50 grand? And well, you know the answer, Mike, all the time. Do you know that there was a, um, did you see the Wall Street Journal uh, op-ed yesterday on uh, Las Vegas Strip gambling, Mike? Uh It said last year was the most profitable year in blackjack on the Las Vegas Strip since 2007. Changing the decks, making it harder to count cards. They took in over one billion with a B on just blackjack. Just black, and I know that's your game. Um, how you been doing with that? I buddy? wish it was my game. I haven't played blackjack in a while. Now, I've, now, when I go to a casino, I go to one place. I go to my favorite slot machine. It's called the Huff and Puff. For anybody out there that is just as excited, it's either Dragon Link or Huff and Puff. Or top dollar, wow. play high limit slots. Wait, 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 wait. You see what you did? Like a total degenerate? Wait, 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 wait. You said want my favorite, and then you started adding. Now, everybody, you got to say them slow. They're going to all text me. All what right. are the names Number of the machines? Number one, Huff and Puff. Huff and Puff, okay. Number two, Dragon Link. Okay. Number three, top dollar. And you didn't figure this out. You got this from other sharks. It's not a sharp. It's just it's my obsession. I don't. No, I no. You got we got those crews that work those machines. We 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 got the crew. They don't. They, those machines are not beatable in terms of what we did. Those are other ones that we did. Those. That's the boring way. Um, our friend Micah literally would go to what he go like ten ten casinos in a day, and he would make anywhere between eight hundred to a thousand. But it would be like hours and hours of work. I'm out of here. Every time I press the button, it's spinning ten dollars. It's either all in, it's just like blackjack. I have no control. That's why I don't claim to be a sharp when I walk into a casino and I bet. And I, when I go to the tables and I play, it's either hit and run. I heard some the future wife good, is worse days. than you. I heard the future wife is worse than you. Yeah, I try not to go with her because she takes all my money. <laughs> no matter how much I win. What happened lose. one time? What happened one time? She fed the machine and then you sat down and you hit the same machine and won, and she looked at you like, whoa, hand it over. <laughs> we went 50-50 with my money. <laughs> hey, you're getting married. Welcome to that world, 50-50 with your money. That's how it works, buddy. Um, you know, like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by my uh, 
I think Miami's got more shot than you give them. You know, I, I'm not overly obsessed with different matchups. Um, anything you want to talk about with the last couple minutes? We we got the the Baltimore Ravens. Any scuttlebutt on the Ravens? Or uh... we got a, we have the best odds right now to sign um, Hopkins. Uh, he's either going to supposedly go to the Cowboys, the Jets, the Chiefs, the Bills, or us. Man, if any of those teams outside of the Cowboys get him, that's going to make them very deadly. You don't want to give Mahomes another weapon, Josh Allen another weapon, um, Aaron Rodgers another weapon. I mean, all, all these teams could definitely improve their lineups drastically if they get Hopkins as a veteran receiver who still has a couple years at least left in the tank. But he claims that he wants to play with Lamar. He thinks he's one of the best athletes out there. The new offense, it's not going to be a run-style first offense. Um, he's been practicing with Odell Beckham in the offseason and training with him, and they really want to play together. And that was Lamar's wish list. Originally, when Lamar gave out his wish list before he signed, he said, I want Odell and I want Hopkins. So he got released last week. Nothing. It, there was a lot of uh, hype regarding him coming here, but nothing has been done yet. He's still out there on the market. My fingers crossed, but I do believe if we could snag him as a veteran receiver, that means if one of them gets hurt, we'll still be just fine because we drafted a number one receiver out of Boston College and Zay Flowers. Uh, we have Devin Duvernay, who's a good kick returner, but is a decent slot. Bateman coming back. Nobody talks about Mark Andrews. Dobbins, good offensive line, good defense. I mean, we're we're ready. I mean, even if we don't get him, the team itself, I think, is going to be very exciting with a new coordinator um, who's going to really let the ball loose rather than this cookie-cutter, wing-T high school offense that um, the previous coach, I don't even want to say his name on air, uh, was running for many years, and he thought just because he did good with it one year that he was just going to never change, and like the NFL, we all say it's not for long. That's that's what it always stands to me. And if you can't change and you can't evolve, you're just going to get stuck because these defensive coordinators are creative enough to take away what works. But if you're new and you're creative and you constantly change, that's how you're going to win. So take the over on the Ravens. Over on the Ravens wins, 13-3. and three. You heard it here first. All right, I'm you know like I said I'm I'm looking at some of these high prices. Uh, one of the clients, I see how much time we got left. Now nah, we got a minute left. I'll leave it at that. But let me tell you, for all you guys that are listening, if you want to learn how to treat the wagering as a business and not do a lot of work, just reach out. Like I said, Mike's on Instagram. He's got the little blue check mark. You can get me, and uh, I'll get my blue check mark up. You can call me direct, JohnSyndicate.com. We'll be back next week. Good day and good luck. One week closer to the wedding. Woo.